Are you sure you want to go through with this, sir? You do have a very full wardrobe as it is. Yes, but not completely full. Who you see? Some men hunt for sport, others hunt for food. The only thing I'm hunting for is an outfit that looks good. Hey, it's Tardy for the party. He's Bill Mudrin, Daniel Rudis. And we're winding down with our show. So we're going through Avatar and we're going through the Dis Disney big, big Disney movie. So that basically means the cartoons and Mary Poppins. So getting there. And we're working our way through the Disney cartoons. And we did Sleeping Beauty last week. So this, not two weeks ago. So we're doing 101 Dalmatians this week. Disney animations winding down. Well, are, are you talking about in regards to our podcast or just Disney, the features, the quality of the features in general? Yes, the quality <laughs> of the features in general. I take it that means you're they not They went a... from this, this, the super highs of uh, how lusciously animated everything was in Sleeping Beauty to, hey, just Xerox the fucks out of these dogs. I hate to say it, but I think this may be a prettier movie than... And then Sleeping Beauty. I think this mm. may be the prettiest Disney animated feature. I at least up until like maybe Aladdin. Don't agree with you at all. <laughs> well, I mean, it's way. fine looking. The the animation's really really I good think... on all the dogs, but it, yeah, I don't think it. Can the, I think this Sleeping is far Beauty. and away the most cohesive looking Disney animated feature so far. Mm. Where well, of course they Xeroxed everything. Well, I didn't realize they Xeroxed the fucking backgrounds. Yeah. Looking at how they made this, like, they did... They were like, well, this is our one opportunity since we're kind of fucking with the style of Disney. Like, if we're gonna start Xeroxing the character art, uh, let's make the backgrounds look the same. And so what they did with the background art, too, they just, like, penciled in the background art, the line art, Xeroxed that onto cells... And, and colored them in just by painting... I don't know if they even painted directly onto the cells, because I think some of the, uh, the... One of the advantages of doing that with the backgrounds is that you could use the same line art for multiple scenes and color it different ways if you have, like, a separate uh, color uh, underlay. And so mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of actually kind of clever. But then it kind of creates this really cohesive look. I could see not liking the look of this movie. Uh, the, one of the most disappointing things, well, maybe I guess if you don't like the look of this film, maybe it's not that disappointing, but <laughs> in researching the history of this movie, um, I guess the look of this movie, especially the backgrounds, was the result of one Disney artist named Ken Anderson, who designed most of the backgrounds. And Walt Disney hated the look of the end result of this film so much, he blamed that background artist. And, like, held it as a grudge against him. But, like, until, like, two weeks before Walt Disney died, he, like, blamed him for, like, the look of 101 Dalmatians, which is so fucking weird. Because it's yeah. not like... It's not like it's, th it's that guy was the guy who came up with the idea to make 101. He was just assigned it's this a movie, and he was... It's almost what like was Walt was a weird dude. What a weird fucking grudge to hold against like one person for the look of an entire animated film where their job was just painting the backgrounds like mm -hmm. well then again i guess that kind of goes back to we just talked about sleeping beauty and about how so much that was like put in the hands of ivan earl and like disney just was sucking his balls through an iron fence and i guess the opposite he like or is he like 
uh, gave all the praise for the Sleeping Beauty to Ivan Earl. He was all like, fuck this Ken Anderson guy for the way that 101 Dalmatians turned out. Especially for him. So we talked about this little... What's your history with 101 Dalmatians? I watched it growing up. I didn't really have any affection towards it, really. But yeah. It was, it was put on plenty enough. And Do people like yeah. 101 Dalmatians? Cause I've never Somebody heard, must. Aside from people like jerking off about how evil Cruella de Vil is. I mean, uh, and I, you know, it made Dalmatian sales go up, even though Dalmatians are shit dogs for families. Yeah, aren't they like hunting dogs more than anything else, or like? They're I know just, they're really they, neurotic they're just, and like they're nippy really and care, bite yeah. And, and uh, aggro, they're just not good dogs. Uh, they're not like the dogs in this movie. Yeah. They don't talk and aren't funny and cool. Yeah, they don't talk. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> hundred and one Dalmatians. Let's put it this way: 101 Dalmatians has never gotten a Kingdom Hearts level, right? In the very first Kingdom, what are you talking about? The first Kingdom Hearts, you have to save 101. Or no, a but there's no stage. That's just a collectible thing. Which actually, if you're gonna have you a collectible go in, in a they Disney have their game, house. oh, do they? Yeah, you oh, got okay. their house in Traverse Town. Um, yeah. I was gonna say, but I mean, if you're gonna have a collectible in a Disney game, collecting 101 Dalmatians, that is actually some pretty. That's probably the most clever thing Kingdom Hearts ever fucking did. Was <laughs> you gotta collect, and I'm I'm assuming they all had names. Like, like I just love the idea of like, what's our gonna, what like collecting the Coke packages in Grand Theft Auto? What's our equivalent of that gonna be in this Disney game? It's like it's 101 Dalmatians. Like fucking whoever came up with that idea deserves an award. But well, we were talking about in the last Disney episode about how Sleeping Beauty was the apex, the last real uh party for like the disney animated features team in terms of like that was the last big fairy tale musical uh they uh, sleeping beauty took like a decade to produce and cost like six million dollars to make and i guess the whole reason they even made 101 dalmatians especially as cheaply as they did was because even though sleeping beauty grossed a shitload of money it cost so much that it all still ultimately lost money and yeah. so who is who is the asshole that said, "Man, that almost killed us. Let's make a movie about a dogs with that have tons of spot." <laughs> That's the, I don't know. We just gotta draw over and when over. When you're like, again. okay, we need to make a cheap. I mean, they still. I mean, they did manage to somehow magically knock out 101 Dalmatians in like less than course, less than like two years. But yeah, whose smart idea was like, let's find the most complicated animal to draw and have 101 of them in this movie. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, because they were talking about well, the whole point that, that they wound up doing the whole Xerox, uh, the pencil roughs on cells thing for uh, 101 Dalmatians is they cut down the number of, like, that pretty much killed the ink and paint department, or at least the ink half of the ink and paint department. But then they had to hire a whole new special effects department just to, just to draw the spots on the dogs. Because the animators, when they were animating the dogs, they didn't worry about the spots because they were just worried about, you know, the actual, just the physicality of the dogs. They didn't want to have to get bogged down with all the spots. And so that was a whole different team that was doing the spots. But then, <laughs> why? You're just spending as much money and time. It's just weird. I don't know. But yeah, so I guess this is based off of a book called 101 yeah. Dalmatians by Doge yeah, Smith. I think, I think my dad read it to me at some point in my childhood. Did he ever read the sequel? I don't remember, but I know the sequel is a book wild. <laughs> so in the wake of the Cruella live action movie that just came out this last spring, yeah, a lot of people were talking about how, um, despite the fact that Disney has like, like made like 101 Dalmatians twice now with the original version and the live action version, there's been like multiple sequels 
to like the mm-hmm. the live action Glenn Close movie. There's been like 101 Dalmatian series. Disney has never even attempted to, to to do anything with the actual canonical book sequel called Starlight Barking, which um yeah it's fucking. I always wondered what happened because as like the first 101 Dalmatians book is you know it's 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 kind of you know kind of little it's a little crazy. It's about a crazy lady trying to kidnap these puppies so they can turn them into a coat. But it's not that yeah. off the hook. Reading about the history of this film about how I guess the Disney company uh, bought the rights to adapt 101 Dalmatians very soon after it was published in the early 50s. And the lady who wrote 101 Dalmatians, she was very happy about getting optioned. Uh, this seems to be <laughs> the complete opposite of everything that happened with Disney and and. Mary Poppins a couple years after this first. She was like, oh, I'm so happy you're making a Disney film out of my movie. And even when I wrote it, I was hoping that maybe one day you guys might make a Disney movie out of it. And you can feel free to make whatever changes you want to the story. Because I trust you. I love Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. And I almost wonder when she wrote the sequel right after the, the, the uh, Disney adaptation came out. I kind of wonder if she wrote it with an eye towards like maybe if I write a more batshit book. It'll be even more cinematic, and that'll be more justification for Disney wanting to adapt it, because... Yeah, you t- you tell me what this, the sequel book's about. Oh, man, I don't remember. I read that Twitter thread ages ago. Oh, but yeah, Isn't so... The- I was just re- <laughs> I was just refreshing my memory about it last night. So it's like... The, there's an alien the dog... The humans get frozen in time? Yeah, so there's an alien dog from the Sirius constant... Or the, 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 the Star Dogs... Uh, the Dog Star Sirius comes down to earth and i guess yeah knocks out all life on earth except for dogs mm-hmm. and for some reason dogs they now take over the world and they like start like they have to rebuild the governments of the world and the whole thing is about how like the uk parliament suddenly becomes the uk canine parliaments and can dogs fly also now? Dogs can fly? <laughs> well, I mean, because the story, like, has to be this thing about how dogs kind of rebuilding society by themselves. And, like, the characters are going from country to country in different places. Like, yeah, of course, they can't run all the way. So the, the writers just came up with the idea, like, what if essentially dogs can fly? And now, since they're rebuilding government, they're going to have to be able to use, like, doors and cars and stuff and telephones. And so, like, she came up with this, this, this thing, this magical reality field distortion thing that allows, if a dog just wants to use a telephone, like, it just automatically, like, the, the receiver lifts up and it's, and it's like, brainwaves go into it and go to whatever dog is on the other end and all this crazy shit. And no one cares about it. <laughs> it was so yeah. weird that, like, it just exists as this weird kind of bit of trivia because Disney, I mean, Disney was never much for sequels and stuff while the Walt was still alive, but even then they were just like, we're not. We're not done. We're, we we yeah. got Mary Poppins to make. Um, but yeah, that book sounds Starlight Barking. That thing sounds fucking crazy. But yeah. So, um, yeah. So you just saw this a couple times. You just watched this on video and stuff as a kid. Yeah, the clamshell cases. Yeah, I was thinking about it last night because uh, I grew up. I was like the last possible part of my generation that grew up right before the clamshell cases became a thing. So. I was the last generation to kind of grow up. If you wanted to see a Disney movie as a kid, you pretty much had to wait until it came out in theaters as part of a reissue. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think I may have saw it once in, like, 1980 when it was, like, reissued and I was five and I barely understood what was going on. But 
Um, and why that dog talk? <laughs> what dog talk? Um, I remembered it being boring as shit. Mm. That's all I remember. Yeah, they do spend a lot of time running in the snow and barking. The That's... barking, bark message, the twilight barking or whatever. So, what do you think about rewatching it for the podcast? Time. That's it was fine, I guess. Man. The <laughs> oh, animation, you the seem ambivalent as hell about this. The animation on the dogs is really as good. I they don't know none of. I mean, aside from like, none of the Dalmatians have characters aside from no. you know that one loves food, that one loves TV, and the other one's kind of feisty, and that's about it. Is it Lucky? Is he's the one who's always like standing up on the TV and all that shit? Yeah. Um. Man, let's put it this way. 101 Dalmatians is boring enough that even the Simpsons episode parodying it is not very good. <laughs> like, <laughs> What are you talking about? That is a great episode. It's in my fast. Because like, I was like, okay, what kind of sound clips am I going to use for this week's episode that are like 101 Dalmatians? And I was like, well, they did do that Simpsons episode. And yeah. I was looking at clips from that last night, and even then I was like... Look at them. Look how boring. standing up just like Rory <laughs> Calhoun. I didn't what realize are you talking about? that uh, Mr. Burns' song... About his Cruella DeVille song about all of his uh, animal clothing. It's mm. not really a parody of 101 Dalmatians. It's a parody no. of fucking Be Our Guest. Because he's like, yeah. he's singing, uh, was it Look at My Vest or whatever like that? It's, see my vest, see my vest. See my vest, that's what Real gorilla chest. <laughs> I mean, there is some funny about like. See this sweater, there's no better than authentic Irish setter. The lyrics are great. But it is a little yeah. disappointing. It's more of a parody of Be Our Guest than it is anything like. It's not It's not the bluesy Cruella movie. No. But, um, did you see the Cruella movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Wow, the Cruella movie! This is weird. I, I found out that dog killed her mom. A Dalmatian <laughs> killed her mom, and I was like, thanks, bye. Also, like, it's kind of wild watching the 101 Dalmatians after just having recently seen the Cruella movie, and that being my most recent touchstone for anything how, in the how story can you because... make how can you make this character likable she's pure evil well that's the thing they totally neutered the character for the emma stone version because in that one like she's pointedly there's one thing where like she kind of jokes about taking turning a couple of dalmatians and turning them into a coat and that gets twisted to where like everyone's like oh and there's even a point where she's like oh everyone thinks i want to murder puppies and i'll let them do that because it's great for my image but secretly i love puppies and, like, I forgot watching this movie. She fucking smokes throughout this whole movie. I forgot that's, yeah. like, her big thing. And, of Smoke course, there's not... like, a... green fart gas. Yeah, fart gas. <laughs> it totally is, like, yeah, erotic hentai fart fetish fumes coming out of her uh, cigarette. And, of course, they're not going to let Emma Stone smoke or anyone smoke in the goddamn live-action Disney version. And I almost... I meant to kind of look up some clips from the Glenn Close version to see if it's any more... I get out of that hat. Did they let her smoke in the 90s version? That would be kind of curious to see, but like. Yeah. And well, the weird thing about the Corolla movie is that it ends. The, the movie ends with, with uh, Emma Stone owning a couple of, of Dalmatian dogs. There are the actual dogs who killed her mom, but she owns them at the end. And the movie ends with suddenly, like, those dogs have puppies, and she gives the puppies to. The live-action version, it's like, for some reason, they had to cram in the two leads of 101 Dalmatians into the Cruella prequel, where, she, like, it ends with her giving them to Roger and Anita, which is weird, then, because if they turn out to be... So that makes Pongo and Perdita brother and sister? 
if they do a live action sequel to Cruella, mm. that would presumably would be an adaptation, another live action adaptation of 101 Dalmatians. Puppies are all gonna turn out fucking retarded. <laughs> They're gonna be all fucking looking like sloth of the Goonies. And like, yeah, it just is dumb. But, <laughs> yeah. but you know what? I really liked 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, that's really, fine. You know why I like the first half? Well, the moment like mm. the puppies get captured. And it just turns into cute puppy shit as, as they're being ch- It's like Home Alone. If if Kevin McAllister, instead of being a smart, wise-ass little kid, he was a hundred puppies who were just like, I'm too cute to be killed, so I'm going to talk about how hungry I well, am. Well, also, also the villains never get out of the car for, like, the last 40 <laughs> yeah, minutes of the movie. Yeah, so, and it's just mostly the characters running through the snow, and that's... One of the best things about this movie is, like, at least one of the things I liked the most was the backgrounds and the whole graphic design. And the background, the scenery, when they get onto the snow and stuff, it still looks nice. But it's not nearly as cool looking as when you get the urban environment that everyone's hanging in in the first half of the movie. Mm. And, yeah, it kind of just feels like a warmed-over kind of, like, retread of Lady and the Tramp the whole second half of this movie. Because it's just the dogs. Yeah. And the point that even, like, most of the dogs from Lady and the Tramp show up as cameos in this movie, which I didn't expect. And, um, <laughs> of course, IMDb trivia was all like, it doesn't make any sense for these characters who were once in America to suddenly be all in England together. I was like, also, this takes place, like, 50 years after the events of Lady and the Tramp. All those dogs should be dead, so don't think about yeah. it too much. But of course, that's IMDb trivia and goof section. Well, you, also, but... the the puppies have American accents, but they live in... <laughs> that is weird, but, like, two of the puppies have slightly, like... I think somebody may have directed them to be like, Hello, mother! Just a little bit, but, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... I, no, but we're gonna do Blue Eye Blow? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Jonathan Mitchell mm. says he doesn't watch Avatar. So mm. he's not listening. So hi, Jonathan Mitchell. Thank you for sticking with our Disney shit. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> uh, hopefully people are still listening to the Avatar stuff. I yeah. thought, if anything, the Avatar stuff would drive in even more listeners, but I didn't realize we might be driving away some listeners. But but yeah, thank you guys for sticking oh, man, with us. Oh man, he's going to our... miss our, our lonesome dove donger talk on last <laughs> week's episode. We still have funny talks, yeah. <laughs> oh, we man. did spend the last, like, half of last week's episode not even talking about Avatar and fucking around, but yeah. But, yeah, even the opening of uh, 101 Dalmatians has got, like, jazzy music and it's got the dots. I mean, they're, they're really going crazy with the idea of, like, hey, we've changed things up right from the uh, opening with all the spotted opening credits stuff, which I thought was really cool. Like, and they're mm. definitely really embracing that UPA flat kind of art style and everything like that. And, like, kind of, like, nice, oh, fun my graphic. Favorite. Yeah. You know me and that UPA art style. I love it to death. <laughs> oh, but it's also funny because the UPA art style started happening in like the late 40s. So, of course, Disney's like 13 years late to the party on this <laughs> stuff. But Yeah. Yeah. And. But what else? What happened? What? Well, Pongo is a dog. He has a pet named Roger. Roger is a big nosed dingus who spends all of his time playing the piano, pulling the hell out of the dog. Do appreciate the trick because the movie starts off as a voiceover of you know you get to see a nice little English neighborhood, and you don't see who's talking. It's just a voiceover of like springtime is a beautiful time for except for bachelors or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. And so you assume it's Roger saying that, but no, it's the dog. It's the dog. Because he's talking hey. about his pets, Roger. Yes. And yeah. I'm going to send you 
I was looking at images and I found uh, somebody that did a custom uh, uh, Roger and Anita dolls. Oh no, are... is that going to be either really good or really bad? Well! I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> I'll let you be the, 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 the desire. What happened Roger. here? Why is, I mean, everything else aside, why is her hat so big? I don't know. Like, there's why more. I mean, I should not be shitting on anyone who's doing fun fan content for Disney shit, but like, what happened here? We'll have to make. Oh, uh, we definitely need to uh, make oh, yeah. album. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you, wait, these are for sale for two hundred bucks. Yeah. So, so what she essentially did, she took a Barbie doll and a Ken doll, and Anita is pretty much she kind of painted larger eyes to make her look like a Disney princess a little bit, like. Which is funny, because, like, yeah. Anita, I did see in an interview with the animators, they were like, oh, with uh, Anita, we were totally, like, hungover on Sleeping Beauty, so that's essentially why she just looked like Sleeping Beauty with a different haircut. Yeah. But Roger, she gave him a huge, like... <laughs> he looks like he was stung by a hundred bees. He's got this huge nose, because, like, in the cartoon, he's got this schnoz that sticks out, but mm -hmm. I guess she didn't know how to sculpt out away from the face so instead he's just got this giant he looks like he's got a beige mr mashed potato a, ba a beige mr potato head glued to his face over his original nose wow that's uh yeah i appreciate it i she got kind of shoes that kind of look like anyway that's <laughs> i'm sorry i should not be laughing that much but yeah, it's Why? Fine. that's another thing i love the character design in this movie like, yeah, I love the fact that, like, Roger looks... Well, this this is a nice break after talking about 100,000 million fucking Disney movies. Where originally everything looked like Cuphead, and as everything evolved, everything stopped looking less like Cuphead and more, like, super refined. I like the fact... Anita... She's still... She's essentially just a fat-bottomed uh, Sleeping Beauty. But, mm -hmm. like, Roger... Like, I appreciate he's, like, got the big schnoz, and, like, he's so thin, and I love how his socks are always up. And, like, the sleeve of his pants are always hiked up, and his big, goofy, pointy shoes, and, like, it's just really cool. I really appreciate at least it looks different, but it's still nicely, nice detail, uh, attention to detail of, like, how these characters, even though they're kind of, like, drawn with this flat color line art and everything like that, I love the fact that, like, they still move in three-dimensional space. Like, there's so many angles on these characters' faces and bodies and stuff. That they still just move so three-dimensionally so you kind of get the best of both worlds with the flat graphic 2d design but the characters still have that quality of disney animation of like and when that's one of the other fun things too with the fact that the the, the line art is just the uh the uh, animated pencil roughs just xerox uh onto cells yeah you get to see all the like not all the construction lines but you get to see enough that like it's you get to ah, just kind of see the thought process of the animators as they're like looking as they're building these characters out and just like sketching them. It just mm, it's really good. Like as just as as I don't know as someone who draws for a living, I just really appreciate just yeah. And the fact that like Roger's face is so complicated because it's not just like he has a big schnoz, but like the way the volume of it and how it's so nicely thought out. I don't know what kind of maquettes they may have made of the characters, but to make sure they like the characters had the animators had reference to make sure everything moved in 3D space consistently. But just so fucking nice. But anyway, but yeah, like just even like you really get to see 
uh, the new 101 Dalmatians graphic design uh, showcased here with like there's lots of just like slow pans over Roger's apartment and you get to see all of his it's totally a bachelor pad with all filled with all kinds of musical instruments and stuff like that and they're yeah. doing the the background color thing where the colors are, are misregistered from the line art which was such a 1950s modern graphic design thing but mm -hmm. yeah I don't know I really like it though it's 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 really dated but yeah. it looks really cool though I like Okay. That's the last thing we can say about how this looks. Other than just jerking yeah. off about how the characters work. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Pongo should probably find him a mate to make him not a slob. Because, yeah. you know, only a woman can fix that. <laughs> I don't see a problem with Roger. He's happily living, you know, he seems to be making money. He's got his little bachelor pad in the middle of London. Mm-hmm. His job's going to be completely destroyed by the Beatles in a year, but, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> at least for now, he seems to be doing okay. Pongo mm -hmm. um, doesn't know what a hot lady looks like in the human world, though, but in this world, it's he's lucky that all humans look like their dogs, so... Yeah, well, it's, yeah. it's interesting. He's checking out a couple of fashion magazines, which I guess they were... Well, not fashion magazines, but... What, 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 I forgot the name of it, but the magazines he's looking at... I guess were uh, magazines for graphic artists at the time that those magazines helped inspire the look of this movie. So that was kind of thrown in as a little end joke. Mm -hmm. But then he looks out the window. And yeah, the, 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 the timing on this goes a little bit long because you get the joke pretty quickly that all like all these people walking their dogs look like look like it's women specifically. Because, yeah, he's talking about how yeah. he's looking for a uh, bait for Roger. Mm -hmm. But he yeah, after seeing all the gross one, there is one. I wouldn't necessarily call them gross. It's not like they're a bunch of job of the huts walking down the street. But like, yeah. But there's a lady with some hot gams. She is like, it really is Sleeping Beauty with like just a little more thickness below the waist, and that's it. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and the she fact also... that she's walking another Dalmatian. Yeah, so he can keep the bloodline pure. I am actually kind of impressed at how. Mm. The, speaking again of character design, how much she registers, because it's Pongo and Perdita, right? Mm -hmm. uh, how much, re like, she actually registers as a female hot dog, literally, yeah. figuratively, compared to, uh, I think what it is, is they kept them, because Dalmatians are really thin, fragile dog, and I mm -hmm. think they kept the proportions, like, uh, Perdita looks more like an actual Dalmatian, where they kind of gave Pongo more of like a Great Dane snout to kind of masculine him up. So if anything, it's more that like they because well also they kind of make the joke that like when Pongo is covered in coal at the end, he looks just like a black lab, which just makes sense because they had they kind of changed the physiology of him. So because he's like just even when he's a just looks like a normal Dalmatian, his silhouette is more like a, like a Great Dane or a lab rather than actual thin Dalmatian. Yeah, Pongo. <laughs> And Perdita, like I, I like their like, like the fact that they pulled off Perdita as reading as recognizably female. Well, she has the eyelashes, but like without having to resort mm. to giving her like a bow in her hair, or like mm. that kind of shit. That that you yeah. know that that's a difficult character design thing to do, and they pulled it off. But you know, anyway. So anyhow, Pongo <clears throat> sets the clock for five so he can go for walkies because he's horny as hell. Yeah, and he's gonna scour that park for them to find them hot ladies. He's worried he won't find them, but then they're there where they were, sitting there on the park bench. And, but he knows Roger's useless. He's just gonna sit there and puff on his pipe. 
So it's up to Pongo. So he takes Roger's hat and plays with him and throws it on the bench and the humans look at each other, but that's the extent of it. I love this. Pong. When they were first, when we walked past the ladies, mm. both ladies kind of opened their eyes because she's reading the book and Perdita's just kind of standing there. And they both kind of do kind of like side-eye Roger and Pongo a little bit. I thought that was... And then they're both acting the same, which is cute. Not at the same time, but in their like, own time. Fuck, the size of that guy's schnoz. Look at that. Oh, oh swipe that nose like a credit card. Uh, yeah. Um, God damn. Fucking Anita's hot, though. Like, I know it's just Sleeping yeah. Beauty and glasses, but mm, how you doing? Well, come on. <laughs> so, also, it's nice, but, too. Because this is the first contemporary Disney movie, but like they could like they like I'm sure they had to research like English hipster designs and stuff like that. But mm. the fact that like they could just draw someone in a trench coat, they didn't necessarily have to research like what a trench coat looks like. So it was mm -hmm. more about just looking these characters like kind of hip and cool rather than like having to do historical research. Yeah, but but the ladies start <laughs> to leave, so Pongo. Does the next logical thing and wraps his leash around the both of them so they get all front to front, close up close. <laughs> the most all, cartoonishly. All, and then they they fall over into the waters. Caprice could flash. Right before they fall into the water, it feels like it's just ADR from the lady playing Anita, who's all like, oh dear me, goodness, oh, what on God's green earth? Because you really don't see her lips <laughs> moving, but she's saying all the most cartoonishly mm. British, like, uptight lady, like, oh dear me. <laughs> like it's the, and then she finally falls into the water. Uh, I thought there was gonna be more of a thing because like Perdita like takes a bite out of Anita's jacket, but mm. I guess her jacket is whole five seconds later. But I thought the, I thought Perdita was gonna be in trouble, but no, she's not. But no. yeah. And they they're like, oh, she, you've done enough. Please leave me alone. But he, <laughs> she takes out her hanky to dry herself, but it's all wet. And he says, eh, yeah, take mine. But his is wet too, and they laugh. Yeah, and I like now the... they're married. <laughs> I didn't real. I didn't expect things to go that fast. <laughs> I, like, I thought there was. I thought. I thought. Well, I thought half of this movie. I was like, oh, this might be kind of cool. Like half of this movie is like a fun rom com. But no, they skip over no. that shit. Uh, I did see in the original adaptation or in the original book. This is kind of bad because Bill Pete, the guy who storyboarded this film, and I guess this is the first time a Disney film had a script. Uh, I don't know if my script, I don't know if they actually had Written a script. Written by but, one person is what but I But yeah, but we're like, he at least person. was in charge of all the storyboards and character designs and everything like that. Um, he did say, <laughs> when Disney came to him and said, hey, congratulations, this is going to be our next movie, you get to storyboard it. He cracked open the book, and he was like, oh my god, the first half of this book is just about this married couple going on walks with their dogs, and he was like, this is the most boring shit imaginable. <laughs> and so he was like, I need to come up, like, maybe I'll make it so at the beginning, like, they, they haven't even met each other, so I can have some fun things about them, like, meeting each other, and, like, that only goes on for literally what, like, we're only, like, ten minutes into the movie, but, like, I did, like, he was like, I gotta break, I gotta do something, because it's just, like, these, this couple is so fucking boring. I, at least I'll do a meet cute. I mean, they're meet cute, but... British people, come on. Yeah, and so... The, the, I, oh man, fucking too! Watching the, we're watching it now, too. I, everyone always jokes about how Nala in The Lion King is like the ultimate mm. like bedroomized Disney moment. But fucking Perdita! As fucking Roger and Anita are kind of like laughing at each other in the water, Bongo turns to Perdita. Perdita gives him this look like, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, you can get it now. And it yeah. cuts straight from that to suddenly, like, it's literally wedding bells. And 
this is the corniest shit imaginable because, I mean, <laughs> you get to see yeah. the, the humans are getting married in the little church with no family. I guess they got eloped or something like that. But the camera has to pull out to show that, like, the dogs are getting married. Like, they're there too. I mean, I know they're not getting, like, married, but, like, that's the insinuation is, like, they, and they, they well, kind they of... they can't have puppies if they're out of wedlock, That's what I though. realized was, like, that's... that's the rule. I was like, oh, my God, nothing makes this movie feel old older than the fact that the Disney company felt obligated to make it look like the dogs were getting married. So people <laughs> wouldn't get upset that the dogs would have puppies out of wedlock. Human hey, beings are fucking I, crazy. I don't know if it's true because I read it on IMDb trivia. Oh, but, Jesus. But apparently some people got upset that <laughs> the puppies nurse, they show the puppies nursing on the teats and the cows later because that was you know, too much for little oh, kids. It's the fact that they never actually show Perdita being pregnant? Because I was on the lookout for that, because I know that was a big thing mm. back even as late yeah. as the 60s. It was like, you don't want to see, even though you see pregnant people, pregnant women in real life all the time, just the idea that, like, and we're not even talking about a woman, we're talking about a dog! It's just well, the some, weirdest thing, hey, they don't even show that in this movie. Bill, some oh. kid is gonna ask their parent how that happened, and then that poor parent has to have a talk with their kids about it. Yeah. Can you imagine? Well, I thought they were going to duplicate the thing, because, like, as soon as, like, the camera jumps... Well, the the, the, the movie kind of jumps forward six months, and Perdita's mm -hmm. already knocked up, and I thought they were going to do the thing of, like, okay, if they're going to ape everything that's going on between the dogs and the humans, I was like, oh, is that supposed to be? And he just knocked up, too, but I guess that never happens. No. Uh, <laughs> and Anita turns out she has 15 babies, too, but... Uh -oh. Um, but uh, you go. I'm sorry. I'm monopolizing the conversation. You oh, no, fine, fine. They do have a maid because I guess they're rich enough to have a live-in maid. Yeah, that's kind of the weird thing. Or they... did everybody have a live-in maid in Britain? Was yeah? Were they just like public? Like was that like like just government assigned nannies to everybody? Yeah. What the hell? Because like they kind of make a point out of the fact that like Roger's kind of broke because he is a musician, but he hasn't sold many songs yet. And I guess Anita just sits there and just. Washes dishes all day. I don't know. I don't know why they need a nanny, especially why know. do they have kids? Why do? Because I mean, the nanny comes in helpful later because the puppies. But like, why do they need a? Yeah. Anyway, Roger hey. didn't have. This is the first time we're seeing the nanny too, right? It's not like she was already. Yeah. Before, yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, <sighs> he's writing a new song. No words yet. Just the melody. Oh, is that the Deville song melody already? Yeah. 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 Oh shit, it's that devil woman coming rip into their house in her, sh her car and uh and, and it's her old it's Anita's old schoolmate? Excuse me, what? It's the most Those two are lady. supposed to be contemporaries? Are you Are you high? What are you is talking like a about? 60-year-old monster. Anita's <laughs> like maybe like 22? Yeah, like maybe. what? How many times was Cruella Deville held back? It is fucking wild. Yeah, what she did those up? cigarettes do to her? <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that's this is the greatest anti-smoking campaign I've ever seen. But yeah, she rolls up in her giant fucking Coupe de Ville, which that becomes a joke in the goddamn Cruella movie. That's where, like, because that's actually how DeVille gets her last name, as one of her henchmen are looking at the Coupe de Ville, and they're like, DeVille! Hmm! Mm -hmm. Um, but... Th this is one of the cool things. That's actually, this is one of the more uh, technical, interesting things in this movie, is the fact that, like... 
I think we pointed this out during Pinocchio, uh, during the puppet train sequence, because there's a whole thing mm -hmm. with Pinocchio. He ends up joining the circus, and you get to see the caravan. Well, it's not a train, I guess it's just like a gypsy caravan. Uh, Romani caravan, I should say, I guess. Uh, with all the puppet things kind of traveling in the rain. And back in the day, what they did was, because that caravan would be too hard to draw freehand, they just <laughs> built toy caravans and just kind of traced them into the movie. Which is a smart idea. I mean, that's it's essentially when they first started using computers and animated features, that's one of the first things they did with, like, um, Prince Eric's uh, ship and the little mermaid and stuff. Because, you know, that was going to be something else that was going to be difficult to draw freehand, so they used... A computer model that they traced over and so <clears throat> knowing that car stuff was going to be such a big thing in this movie they built models of all the vehicles in this movie mm -hmm. and um and essentially did the same thing rotoscoped over them and like it's really cool to see if you if you ever just google image search look up uh, the little cardboard model of uh corella's deville car that they made which is it's all white except they put black lines on, on the edges and everything like that so I think it's a combination of tracing and actually just taking photographs and kind of like Xeroxing those photographs directly to cells. Hey, uh, but yeah. How come this was done so long, so so long before, but it looks so much better than the rotoscopy or Xeroxing that Bashki did? Bashki didn't give a fuck. What was that video that you sent me? That was really good. I watched that last night. Who's oh, the that's, guy? Uh... He's the guy, he's done a bunch of other videos ideas. about stuff before, too, but, like, um, yeah, there's a guy who just came out with just recently, let's see. Uh, this is off-topic, He's been around for a long time. This is, this is podcast talk, because, yeah, um, uh, da, 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 actually, I'm different, Bakshi. Uh, yeah, he did a great video about, not just, like, it's not a video hating on Ralph Bakshi, Folding Ideas is the name of the channel, and if you look at his most recent video, at least as of late August 2021, <clears throat> he has a video called Bakshi in the Ring, and it just really talks about, like, um, Bakshi's use of rotoscope and how it was not necessarily an inherently bad idea, but, like, Ralph Bakshi just fucked it up. Like, just, like so many other things that Ralph Bakshi fucked up, he just, yeah. Oh, but uh, yeah. The, the, all the vehicles oh. in this movie, <clears throat> which especially makes sense because, like, the moving van at the end, they'll shove all the puppies into. Mm -hmm. Um... Of course, there's, like, all that stuff in there that would be really hard to draw freehand because it's a moving van loaded with equipment and, like, stuff. And so that's obviously just kind of, like, Xeroxed. And yeah. even, like, the fucking henchman's car, which, like, they they, they, they must have really did a good job engineering these vehicles because it's not just the fact that, like, they made, like, little cardboard cutouts. But the fact that, like, they were engineered when shooting the reference footage to kind of, like, hobble and pop and stuff so, like, so the cars... Like, their quote-unquote engines of uh, uh, room, and the wheels kind of, like, act all crazy. So at least even when they're, like, tracing reference footage of these little, uh, or, or Xeroxing the footage of all these little cars and putting it in the movie, the cars still have character. They don't mm -hmm. feel like dead toys that are just being yeah. Xeroxed. Because that's one of the big things with Ralph Bakshi that, that he fucked up, was, like, he never paid attention to consistency of, like, I don't know. It's just... Disney technicians, they just knew what they were doing and just made good yeah. stuff. But this is the first instance you see, like, yeah, um, one of those car things. But yeah, Cruella shows up and it's the most hand-wavy, yeah. Roger's just like, you're all classmates here. And it's like, that's the only justification as to why why in the world would either of these people even know Cruella? 
and let her into their house. And she just, Nobody like, likes her. So is this kind of insinuated she just drops by all the time just to fuck yeah, with them and talk about how poor they are? Yeah. Oh my god, Roger already hates her because, well, this is the first time he's seen He's like, like yeah, he, that's it, I'm gonna sing a song about what an asshole she yeah, is. Yeah, his song, he's suddenly like, yeah, and this is actually one of the, the, the highlights of the movie, is him singing about how awful Cruella de Vil is as she's coming up to the house. And mm -hmm. he's doing all this great stuff where he's like, I don't know if it's now or maybe after Cruella leaves, but he's like dancing with Anita and like he's pretending to be all scary and stuff like that. And just the interactions between Anita and Roger are just really nice. It's just nice yeah. to see a man and a woman in a Disney film kind of just having fun with each other. And it's not this huge romantic fairy princess thing, but just like they're kind of acting like a real world normal couple a little bit. But uh, anyway, that's not the point. And he, uh, Cruella comes in, just starts stomping all over the house, leaving her fucking cigarette fumes all over the place. Yeah, Actually, like she owns the, the joint. Are. Yeah, oh, that's what it is. Yeah, she somehow heard about these puppies. She's got a new fur coat. Hey, remember when fur coats were a thing? That was a wild <laughs> period of time. Yeah, that's another thing that kind of dates the shit out of this movie, because she even goes up to Anita and she's like, oh, every woman loves a good fur coat. And even Anita's like, I would like one too, but well, that's, that's, a, that's a luxury we can't afford right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it's, it's fucking Mark Davis going nuts with the animation Cruella. I love the fact that she's, like, this skinny skeleton swimming in the sea of furs. And just the weight of all the fur hanging off her skeletal fucking bony-ass body. It's so great. It's just, and between that and the, yeah, the, the, the cigarette and the long spindly cigarette holder, she just cuts such a specific figure, and her feet are super long. And the way she just kind of, like dances around and shovels within the coat and just the weight of it and everything like that it's just so fucking nice yeah. but yeah she's she's a horrible human being <laughs> she yeah. insults their house she insults roger the yeah! dogs she puts a cigarette out on a uneaten cupcake yeah. and why you let this woman in your why? house what is the relationship here yeah that's kind of the funny thing because like kind of like the cruella movie tries to go at length to explain as to why they any of these people would know each other, but, like, it still doesn't make any more sense, even if you assume the Cruella movie is canonical uh, prequel to this film, but, like... Yeah, and I do love the fact that, like, Pongo, he's, like... Well, the first thing that, uh, Perdita, she just goes hides beneath, beneath the stove in the kitchen, or Pongo, because kind of doing the same thing Roger is, where he's just sitting in the corner just make, making faces at Cruella until she finally leaves. Oh, but it, <laughs> yeah, it's faces. after. <laughs> but, yeah, Cruella finally leaves, leaves. She says, well, God, call me in three weeks when the puppies come. And that's when mm -hmm. Roger comes out and finishes his song. And I do love that, like, Anita's kind of annoyed with him, but, like, fun annoyed. And, she and like, he has, as much as he's shocked, talking shit about Corolla, he's trying to make Anita feel a little bit better by dancing and stuff with the, with Anita. And this, this is, uh, yeah, I think this is the actual highlight of the whole movie is this little bit, mm -hmm. the, the song against him. Roger. Yeah, and then... Yeah. Pongo goes to check on Pernita, and she's like, That devil woman wants our puppy. I was happy now, but I wish we didn't have any of them. Which is a hell of a statement for a yeah, new damn. mom to be to say. I was like, holy yeah. shit. But Pongo gives her a little kiss on the cheek, yeah. and looks cheek, and it's super, it is super sad. It is like, yeah, mm -hmm. okay. Uh, although, I, I guess at this point, no one knows that, like, Krilla wants to turn the puppies into coats yet? I don't think it's necessarily no, she articulated does, she does here. She does say that she likes Pongo's coat, I think. But yeah, I don't know if she specifically, because it seems like a big, like later when, when everyone puts two and two together and they realize that, that she wants to turn them into coats. Like, it, it's treated like this big reveal. And I'm like, 
Oh yeah, I forget people like that's the only thing everyone ever remembers about this movie is Cruella Deville wanting to kill puppies. But it's funny that it's any kind of a reveal, like save for like halfway through this film. But... Yep. So later, the puppies are right as scheduled in one wild and stormy October night, and uh, they the, the the men have to sit in the drabest room of the house while the women folk deliver the babies. Cause what you expect men to be in there? No. No, yeah. no men allowed. This is totally like a scene you would see in a hospital because, but because you can't take a dog to the hospital to give birth. <laughs> because there's, yeah, it's them sitting in the kitchen, but it's totally like, yeah, the mo- yeah, the dad to be smoking the pipe, getting all freaked out, and Pongo the maid all running like, around all frantically. He's almost stepping on dogs. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. I mean, it's cute, but yeah. And then they have eight puppies. No, ten, eleven. Wait, thirteen. No, 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 no. 14, 15, 15 puppies. Roger must have rogered the heck out of that lady. Oh, wait. 14 puppies. 14. It's four. pretty to give him birth, not Anita. I'd it, like the... That's, awesome. <laughs> that's a different hmm? movie if Anita's giving birth to 15 different puppies. I, I, I've seen <laughs> I that fan say, art before. I did write like... down Roger. <laughs> <laughs> I, was so, I was so happy with the joke Roger must have rogered her that I did it wrong. Aww. Uh, wah, wah. <laughs> boop, Still boop, a good boop. joke, yeah. But, like, how does, like, this fucking crawl like, let herself into the house? Well, oh, no, okay, so first, this is after. Missing a step. Hold yeah, on, we're missing Bill. a step. That's what I was wondering if it was before or after the step. Yeah, the corniest fucking step in the movie. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they hand Roger a dead puppy, and he had. <laughs> they were just he like, wonders. here's a dead puppy. Yeah. So he practices his sweet DJ moves, spinning those hot licks <laughs> on the back of that what puppy. What is he doing and, to the puppy? And, and you know what happened? That ding ding puppy come back to life. Amazing. 15. We have 15 puppies. He man will be back right after these messages. Clumsy's can't be beat, they make each meal a special treat. Happy dogs are those who eat, this is canine crunchies. Canine crunchies all contain selected meat and wholesome grain. Toy Chihuahua are great game, I love canine crunchies. So, do what all the smart dogs do and you'll feel great the whole day through. You can be a champion too if you eat canine crunchies. So, then that swamp devil rolls in. She literally just lets herself into the house, yeah. Yeah! But she's disgusted by those filthy little rats because they got no spots at all. Ew, gross. Yucky. And again, no one seems to understand what her interest is, even though it's so obvious, but like, yeah. But the maid has to open her stupid mouth and say, They'll get them eventually! So Kirill's like, fuck yeah, I'll take the whole lot. Name your price. Oh, that's when she whips out the checkbook now. Yeah. She's like, yeah. And she's like, you can't afford to keep them. You could barely afford to feed yourselves. And bitch, they have a maid. Mm-hmm. So, and she also <laughs> laughs at the idea. Like, we'll just fire her and we can eat forever. And the nanny's like, what the fuck? How did I get dragged into this? Yeah. And then she laughs right in Roger's face about his the mere idea of his songs paying for things. And it's like, bitch, she's sitting right there. Yeah. Well, so and she says, also... They're doing a cute thing because then she's doing the she's trying to write a check, but the pen fucks up and gets ink all over Roger, so he's spotted now too. So he looks like a Dalmatian. <laughs> and he says, "They're not for sale." And he stands up and to that person that they never should have let in their house in the first place. But he's also very shaky about it. Why would anybody be what? scared of the skeleton woman? Roger, buy a gun and shoot her. Come on, yeah. just like you're fucking like call the cops. Jesus Christ. What school? 
school did they meet? <laughs> did Anita meet her at? Did they I were like? Don't know. Did they go to fucking Hogwarts together? And they both flunked out. I still was still just the, such the hand wavy way if they squeezed her into this movie is so weird. It'd make more sense God. if it was a a twins situation where Anita is Arnold Schwarzenegger and she, Deville's Danny DeVito. Uh, you know what? The fact that at least if she was was family, it would justify why she's like even around that like or like lets herself in but the fact that he has schoolmates like jesus christ like they have this total <laughs> facebook relationship and why he need to let her <sighs> so anyway after he says you never gonna get those puppies not i know sir she rants and raves about how they'll pay oh you'll see oh just you wait and then she's like i i warn you we're through I'm through with all of you. Oh no! Oh, no? What that? Go! Well, we're never oh, going to see no. again. Oh no! Cruella Deville. Oh no! Oh yeah, no! Yeah, big threat from here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Oh, you do get to see. So the the, the button on the scene. I didn't. I must have been checking my email. Is that Roger goes to check in on Perdita after she's given birth, mm -hmm. and you do just get to see the puppies nursing from her, which is the one time yeah. like any kind of actual animal action happens in this movie where she's actually. Like, they, they're acknowledging the fact that she's actually given birth in any kind of way. But, uh, mm -hmm. That's cute. And he tells her, hey, we're keeping all the puppies. And she's like, cool, I'm exhausted. Oh, so, God. Time passes and all the dogs are watching Thunderbolt. This movie's Ren Tin Tin stand-in. Oh, I've never really seen Ren Tin Tin. No, why would you? It's a couple <laughs> of fucking Wild West robbers being menaced by some kind of dog. But, like, yeah. It's like Ren Tin Tin, Benji, who gives a crap? Lassie. These are names that are forgotten to time now. Well, this is the one image that is, like, the abiding image of this movie is all the dogs sitting around the TV. Because mm -hmm. they, they think mm -hmm. they're people. I could totally see the Gene Teasdales of the world being all like, Oh, he's so cute. They're watching TV. They think. And their one puppy keeps on standing up on his hind legs because he's so invested. I guess he, that's Lucky, the one who died, but yeah. is magically resurrected well, by Roger's yeah, magic fingers. They give three of the puppies characters. Lucky's yeah. obsessed with TV and wants to get as close as possible to watch it. Patch is a rough and tough guy who talks big. And then Fatty Roly the is, fat one. Rolly is the chubby is puppy. Is it just Rolly? I'm, I'm hungry, mother. Oh, I really I'm am. I'm hungry. I'm not tired, I'm just hungry. I'm, I'm hungry, mother. Yeah. Um, then the secret- Wait, does this happen here? It has- The secret best part? That, that, Bill, that's what your that is favorite secret part best. is. This is maybe the secret best part of any Disney anime features, the canine coaches jiggle, which is like hauntingly catchy. It's mm. also a little weird that this is a TV commercial directed to the dogs. Because it's yeah. specifically saying if you eat canine crunchies, you'll be a champion. Not saying your dog will be a champion, mm. but like, I mean, get it's a Disney movie. You know, it's not we're not gonna send him a sense of, but it's still a little bit. But that the weird thing is too, because I went to go to YouTube last night to pull down some canine crunchies audio for the podcast. Mm -hmm. I guess there's a hundred and one Dalmatians musical that someone had written, and that I guess oh. uh, kids put on. Because instead of, like, finding the audio from the film, I found, like, a dozen videos on YouTube of different kids. Like, a bunch of, like, 12 and 13-year-olds from, like, varying, like, middle school productions of what seems to be a musical version of 101 Dalmatians where they're all singing different versions of the Canine Crunchies song. But, like, it's mixed in to be, like, a different musical number or something like that. 
So, but it's just weird to see like these kids going, canine crunchies are good to eat. Da, 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 da. I was like, oh my god. But yeah, anyway. I love the graphic design of the commercial too, because it's all like 1960s black and white television, like little dog chasing mm -hmm. treats and stuff like that. But yeah, it's very cute. Yeah. So the, the adult pups send the baby pups to bed so they can get their walk on their dirty, dirty walkies. Man, I, they, I do like I like the animation of when they turn the TV off on the country's guys kind of goes pew, like yeah. TVs don't do anymore. I, I wish know. there was some way you could just program that into current TVs that it would go. Pew, Seriously, if you could just have like an overlay on your TV that had like like made it look kind of like a wooden console TV, like had little things off to the side or something like that. Mm. Or like, yeah, just have little things when you turn it off, it goes pew, and then actually turn. Um, the little scenery when they're out walking the dogs and it's like after a rain or something like that, and like there's like reflections in the in the ground and stuff like that. Again, it's all just like Xerox pencil art with like very roughed out color beneath it, but it's just like really still kind of evocative and mm. really feels like it would like after kind of like a dusk rain, like just been kind of cold and wet and damp and they don't realize it, but they walk past a fucking junky ass van with a couple hobos sitting inside. Horace and Jasper. Yeah. There you go. Steal those puppies in their shitty old milk truck looking thing. It's a little weird too because it's a tall guy and a little fat guy, but they both mm -hmm. kind of have the same face. You'd think the fat well, guy. Well, they're also voiced by the same guy. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It's a little weird because you think the fat guy, because the tall guy, he has a big long nose and the little guy's got a big long nose. You think the little guy would have a little snubby nose or something like that, too. But um, especially weird, too. Uh, this is my last real point about the Cruella movie. In the Cruella movie, it's insinuated that she's got a little bit of like, Cruella's got a little bit of romantic fling going on with the tall the <laughs> <Gross>. thug. <laughs> We're Gross. watching this now, too. I'm like, me no like you, but. Yeah, and these are actually the real villains of the movie, because they're the like, Cruella only has, she only shows up in the movie three times. Well, I guess, mm -hmm. well, twice, technically four. She shows up very briefly twice at the Darlings. She shows up the second, she shows up a second time at Hell House, just to yell at the guys to tell them to kill the puppies, and then she shows up halfway through the chase at the end of the movie, and then she crashes the car. I thought she was dead, but I guess not. Um, this is also... This is a second instance of you get to see a little toy car. Uh, uh, this time it's the, this is the first appearance of Jasper and Horace's little uh, toy van. And if you're really kind of looking, you can totally see how uh, Jasper and Horace and the cars are just like two little uh, static clay figures. Mm. that have been just kind of rotoscoped over, but it's very cute. But like, yeah, they're obviously just like not moving or anything like that. It's obviously just a toy that you're looking at. But again, oh, okay. it's bobbing up and down and everything like that. You're not really paying attention to how like... You're, you're looking at a tracing of a toy. So ain't nobody on but a little old cook. But the chubby one doesn't like it stealing puppies, but he's not the prank, so he doesn't worry about it. They ring the doorbell. They're here to inspect the wires. They're from the electric company, which they point at their bag that says Electric Co. on it, but they forgot the R when they first wrote electric. So it's all hand-painted, looks terrible. Like, yeah, they like, did it in the Very in, legit. In, the, in the truck on the way to the uh, to the house, yeah. The maid set tells him to fuck off, but they push their way in, and she chases Horace up to the attic where he holds her up there by closing the door behind him. And... Yeah, she's locked in Roger's music room. There's, it's, yeah. it's just general hijinks happening, you know? Mm-hmm. And they, they escape, and the maid finds out the puppies are missing, and she does the only logical thing, runs into the middle of the street and spins in circles, saying, Call the police! The puppies! Oh! 
and nothing else is going on in London at the time. So the top headline of the papers is a dog napping. Fifteen is, puppies uh, dog napping from homes. Yeah, not I a lot going on in London. This takes place on November second, nineteen fifty-eight. But um, yeah, I guess nothing after World War Two. Nothing much happened in London until no. the Beatles happened. So it's like multiple it's really papers. Quiet. That was the top headline. Yeah, so, yeah, and then you get to see, because of what, it's Cruella reading the papers in bed, and she's like, ha, 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 I got a puppy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm evil. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, she's laughing at all the news of it, because she's just the worst. Uh, I do like the receiver on her telephone has this face on it, which I thought was a nice touch. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, it's just establishing that, like, as if the audience didn't know, Cruella stole she the She was behind it all! Oh, no! Ah. Jasper and Horace call her saying they won't, they're bootle. Cause that it's it's in oh, the papers. Payment. They even yeah. they even point the phone at the paper to show her. Do they? I didn't even notice yeah. that. Okay, yeah, that's cute. But they don't get one red cent till the job's done. So she's so evil. She calls Anita to check in. But I, Roger knows what's up. He does yell into the phone. Where are she, they? Yeah. Does she call to confess? Yeah. 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 He knows what's up. They did mention that Scotland Yard did investigate her. What is go nothing's going on in London right now? Scotland Yard's investigating puppy theft. Hey, I, at least they tried to do something, but I guess I they guess. didn't do enough. I what guess is, they, what I guess is they her end like... game? So she makes a coat out of a dog's. They don't. Which I mean, which, it seems which, to insinuate. No. Because like later, it's Dalmatians are short-haired. It's not like you've ever petted a short-haired dog well, and said, "Oh man, this could be a good like, coat." It's gonna smell like dog. Like there's everybody multiple. will know she killed and skinned dogs as soon as she goes out in public with a coat. Especially when the coat is made of a bunch of puppy skins. Obviously, skins. Because at least with a couple full-grown dogs, you might be able to hide the fact that it's from a bunch of full dogs in the seams. But if it's a bunch of tiny puppies, it's just gonna look like she got shot with a tiny puppy shotgun. I mean, she she like, wasn't gonna wait till they got bigger, but I think the heat well, got Well, that's too the thing, even already, later, but... like, that's why she suddenly shows up. She's like, she's worried about the heat, so she wants to kill the puppies now, just to get them out of the way. But it's So like, no one's... And But even then, what? the guys are like, well, they'll, they'll only make half a dozen coats. She's yeah. like, that'll have to do. And, like, I, so, like, is she only need... Like, is that... She just wants the coats for herself, right? She's not looking to sell them? I don't know. Because you, who's gonna buy a dog coat? Yeah, I mean, I know that's not the point. This is like a goofy kid's fairy tale you're not supposed to be worrying about, but it is like, yeah, like, is she selling them? Is she, are these coats just for her? Like, what's gonna, like, it just seems kind of just thoroughly nasty all around where it's hard to understand, like, yeah, Corella's Cor whole plan here is just so fundamentally fucked up. It's just like, ah, like, yeah, who knows what the fuck she's thinking. But, yeah, it's not good. <sighs> so that night, at the park, Pongo barks into the distance, starting the, the, the game of telephone with other yeah, dogs. Yeah, th I guess dogs have this, like, built-in, like, howling network that they can communicate with. And Twilight it, barking or something like that. I do like the look of Anita and Roger. Like, they're dressed like gangsters. That's their, like, <laughs> nighttime uh, go-walking outfits. Mm -hmm. Like, they have these fedoras and everything. They, they, they're both dressed like the Humphrey Bogart at the end of Casablanca. Uh, but, like... Yeah, it's a little uncomfortable because, like, uh, Pongo's trying to get the word out about his missing children to the other dogs in the neighborhood. But, like, Roger has to drag him by the neck by his collar to get him to shut up. And it's mm -hmm. a little bit like, ah. Yeah, sometimes. Way to be a dick, Dad. Sometimes he's barking like a dog. Sometimes he's barking like a yeah. human making dog sounds. But lucky enough for him, before he gets dragged away by Roger, he gets enough information out. Like, there's, like, a 
Great Dane in a nearby, like, park who hears what's mm -hmm. going on, and he starts this. There's, it's a him and some other tiny little dog that spread the word. It's an old dog alert. And then suddenly, like, the fucking, uh, Scottish Terrier from fucking Lady and the Tramp, like, I know some of the other characters cameo later, but this is specifically that character who has, like, a very quick speaking role. He suddenly jumps out, and he passes the word along. Yeah, your favorite slow-eyed dog is in the, the... Oh, the... God, they had to put her in this movie. Gee, yeah. I, thank God it's just for one shot. The, mm -hmm. the, the, the prostitute dog. Um, and there is a funny little thing, though, like, the, like the, the prostitute dog and the other dogs in that pet shop are barking. Oh, it's funny. Oh, okay, I see what's... There's there's Lady and the Tramp right there. But uh, they're, they're barking in the dog shop window. And the rich... One, the, the, the the rich dog that Pongo was looking at the beginning of the film is driving by in a limo with the rich lady, and the, the rich dog hears what's going on, and so uh, that rich dog jumps up on the roof of uh, their limousine and starts barking, and then suddenly Leia yeah, gets to see, uh, yeah, it's it's both, actually, yeah, it's both Lady and the Tramp, they both come out, and they're mm. uh, kind of like barking after the limousine. Yeah, pretty cute little. Yeah. Yep, so the 15 puppies stolen. They send that down the chain line all the way out to the country yeah, where the message is received. This is gonna get puppies stolen. Yeah. Monkey uh, purple monkey dishwater. <laughs> exactly. The camera pulls out to show that all the dogs in, in London are barking, which is a shot that gets echoed at the end of the film. But yeah, the camera pans out to like the English countryside. I guess the yeah. message is getting all the way out there. Some dog that's exactly old reliable or, or uh uh what's yeah the, totally what's his name? old reliable is he talked about old reliable trusty he's yeah. exactly trusty just trusty. that's what it is although it's funny because like trusty was a he was a bloodhound oh no it is, yeah. it is old reliable because like once yeah. we're out in the country it's totally like that kind of yeah, yeah. Um, him and the a goose send the message to the old colonel Hey, I gotta remember how to spell colonel every time I try to type out colonel. Colonial, yeah, <laughs> colonial. Like, what colonial. the hell is that word? Like, that, like, colonial. lieutenant is already bad enough, but colonel? Because <laughs> colonel is even, at least lieutenant, there's enough letters in there, you can go, I guess it was French, whatever. But colonel is, like, there's not even an R in it, man. Show that to a little kid who's, like, learning how to spell for the first time, and you go, like, hey, kid, tell me how this word is pronounced. Colonel? No, it's colonel. Fuck you, I know it doesn't make any sense, but it's Colonel, yeah. Oh, Man. God, but, yeah. Um, the funny thing, so I guess the it's somewhere mentioned that they're out in Suffolk County. Not Suffolk mm -hmm. County, but, like, the town of Suffolk, which I guess is a rural part of fucking England, 100 miles away from London, which got me looking it up just to see, like, what is Suffolk? And I did see, like, there's a really interesting thing about, like, the greatest archaeological find in English history called the Sutton Who is in Suffolk, where all these great, like, from, like, the Viking times and Anglo-Saxon shit, there's all this fucking crazy storehouse of all these rich treasures, like Indiana Jones caliber uh, burial mm. mounds and stuff were out there, and, like, they've been excavating this burial site for over, almost, almost 100 years now, and I just wow. thought that was kind of cool. So, yeah, Google the Sutton Who if you're into, like... Any kind of archaeological stuff, especially as it pertains to England, yeah, I guess that's within like walking distance of uh, Curl Deville's house. That's neither here or there, but um, but so now we're in the horse. countryside. Yep, a horse, Sergeant Tibbs, a cat with, and the Colonel, who's a shaggy dog, and gets waking up from his hay, and he barks back, and they get 
they they fill a lot of time with dogs barking and translating, don't they? Well, that's this this is kind of like the whole part of the 15 movie. Fifteen puddles down for me stolen. Because... Wait, bark again. Oh, it's yeah. puppies. Yeah. The whole last half of this movie is just this kind of shit of just like. Just like, like there's like 20 minutes of just like the dogs communicating and talking to each other, and like it's just good. Like there's no real story. It's just like long, like it's just a bunch of little cute little gags, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So the cat remembers he heard some barking at the old Deville place, but nobody's lived there for years. But there's smoke coming from the chimney, so they go to investigate it as the other dog stands by. Tib gets sent inside to the in, into the building to snoop around he sees a light on goes in there turns out there's a shit ton of puppies in there but they are all stolen they're bought and paid for 99 puppies total that's a shit ton I... of puppies so many puppies even disney was like we ain't drawn all these puppies <laughs> I copy know, and I paste that pile over there image. and that pile over there yeah it's bad enough like one artist had to draw 100 puppies but we're not going to animate them all at the same time like they're going oh, to be they didn't even draw them all there's a couple piles that are copy yeah. pasted yeah. Well, I noticed that later when you get st when they actually start having to animating uh, the puppies in motion, that nine times out of ten, it's just a like the the same like gaggle of like five or six puppies just recycled over and over again mm -hmm. to create the yeah. illusion that it's like a whole bunch of puppies. But yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny because they're watching an old like black and white Disney cartoon from like nineteen <laughs> like nineteen twenty eight mm -hmm. like on the TV, which I thought was a good that was a great yeah. way of Disney like recycling some of its old material. There. Those are the ones with collars and names. They're watching TV. Yeah, well, that was actually a clever way to, to differentiate the ones that are that that, that are Pongo mm. and Perditas. They're the only ones with collars. Yeah, because I guess the other like eighty-five, um, yeah, puppies were all just like actually bought by, uh, Corella, Which yeah, this is all exhibition uh, exposition done between Jasper and Horace as they're watching TV along with the puppies and eating sandwiches and shit. Mm-hmm. They're eating and drinking, and um, uh, Rolly steals food because he's fat, remember? He's fat. He steals <laughs> the meat out of the sandwich, and the guy eats the bread, and the guy ashes in the sandwich, and... So rude. Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> so, uh, the cat keeps counting, sitting next to a cat-shaped bottle. I never don't know what's gonna happen here. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. He does finish counting the 15 puppies, and he gets drank. He has to run as all the dogs bark and Horace throws shit at him. I thought it was clever so to actually at least work one cat into the situation, and he's the cat who kind of, like, he's kind of ends up saying the day, because he's the one who actually goes in the end, like, oh. realizes it's the puppies and gets the word out, yeah. I like the line that Horace says when he's throwing darts at a pitcher. Let's see, where did I? I just had it in my. <laughs> Watch me pot his lordship smack on the cog. What? Which that sounds like. <laughs> I don't know if they got an actual Englishman to voice these characters, but that sounds like something you'd make up when you're trying to sound English, but have no yeah. idea what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the cat manages to escape, and they send ma messages back to Pongo, and uh, they, they they send they find out that the. Uh, puppies are at the old uh deville pace it was her oh my gosh oh Shocked. no Who yeah thunk it I so they that... run and run and run all God, night this long is really it starts the whole rest snow. of the movie it's half yeah. of the movie is just watching dogs running through the snow from here on out mm -hmm. they even cross a river almost dying damn yeah. oh they gotta god get yeah the puppies Cruella's car rolls up to hill hell hall oh man Hell's i should also hall. point out too one of my favorite back this is neither here or there 
but the bit where uh, Pongo and Perdita go into the river to swim, mm -hmm. uh, it's just a really nice background where, like, it's the uh, gray dusk, or there's a pink dusk happening in the background, and a little bit of the pink light is reflecting on the snow in the water. I just look mm -hmm. like one of my favorite background paintings from the movie. I just thought it was really, just using two colors, gray and pink, I thought that was a really evocative little thing, but that's my other color. Go ahead. That's fine. Brella's car rolls up to the DeVille place, so uh, Tibbs and the Colonel go and see what's up. And she tells the boys it has to be done tonight. She doesn't care how they do it. Just kill the little beast tonight. And they, they don't want it. They're lazy. Whatever. They, she won't even get 12 coats or half a dozen coats. She's like, I don't give a shit. Give me six coats then. So she slaps them around, throws booze in a fireplace that explodes, leaves in a hot. That is a great moment of like... Yeah, it just, like, I, it, there's a moment delay, then suddenly explodes, and, like, she, like, her reaction, I thought, was kind of great, but, yeah. What does she have on these guys besides offering them money that she can slap them around? all she does is slap the shit out of them, call them idiots, and, like, that's the weird thing about how the Cruella movie kind of, like, tries to make it seem like these guys have, like, this, like, deep, like, history to the point that, like, Cruella's kind of got a relationship with one of them, and it's like, nah. I don't think, like, I'm just watching this movie for the, for the, for the first time, really, in my life. And even I'm like, I none of that tracks. You guys are out of your fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Ugh, they'll, ugh. they'll kill the puppies after their show. It's called What's My Crime? I do like they ask, like, they're like, should we, like, stab him or shoot him? And she's like, I don't know, do whatever you want. And the guy's like, ah, I want to hit him on the head. But, like, mm. yeah. Jesus Christ, dudes. Cat Tibbs tells the puppies to escape through the hole in the wall, which they do as the show's going. But Lucky's still there watching TV. He'd Lucky. rather die than miss the rest of the show. Asshole. Asshole. So, of course, the last one through the hole is Rolly, and he's fat because he does oh, the good. <laughs> it's funny a fat little puppy. Uh-huh. The show ends, and they get up to do the puppies in. They argue who who gets to pop them off, and That's who does what it the is, skin. Yeah. Dark it's shit, like man. fucking graphic, Jeez. yeah. Jeez, I didn't realize Disney? these guys would be doing the skinning, too, which makes sense, though, because, like, I can't imagine Krilla would be doing it. Although Krilla's evil enough, you'd think she would almost, like, Who's gonna sew it? Like, who is he? Cause, like, are they gonna, like, st do the skin? Who's gonna bring a bunch of puppy skins to some tailor and be gonna, like, like, make me a coat out of this? skins? Like, I'm sure there's a whole thing of, like, it's not just a matter of, like, unzipping the puppies out of their skins, like, I guess throwing <laughs> the corpses away, but, like, assuming you have to wash and treat all that stuff and, like... I, yeah, at least, if, if, if Corolla had, like, a fashion business where she had a whole bunch of people to take care of that stuff, maybe it would make more sense, but, like, this, I don't know. this is not a movie where you want to think about what's happening in it for more yeah, than two or like, seconds or else you're horrified. Like, what's, like, what's, what's, yeah, you're just glad it doesn't happen, but it's just like, oh my god. Yeah. So, uh... Like every Disney character, the, the puppies decide that the best way to escape is to go up. So they go up, run it upstairs. So Jasper lanks his way upstairs looking for the puppies. And the cat startles him. All the puppies run on top of him. God, they this goes on forever. Them. Just getting them out of the house. They get spotted it's again. It's like a 15-minute process. Yeah, yeah, run back to the main room where they got all locked in. This is Elsewhere, all filler. Pong it's terrible, yeah. yeah. Pongo and are lost but then they get barked and they hear the colonel and he barks at them and they're spunking and he finds them in no time to explain they got trouble right here in river city and they go and they find the puppies who are all cornered but pongo and purdy <laughs> burst them through the window kaboosh kablash oh no and they attack and it could have been a really cool like angry dog fight scene but eh. no they just kind of push the bad guys aside and that's yeah. it like 
There's a little bit of Rogers kind of like chewing on the one guy, one guy's uh, shoe, and the dog, and, and and Jasper kicks him off to the side. But like, and then he gets I feel like on if you ass. had two angry Dalmatians you come at you, would you want a fucking gun up. because it's like, yeah, it's. I mean, I know it's a Disney movie being made in 1960, so like that's. Not, but yeah, it's. I mean, Pongo and Perdita may not make it out alive, but those guys aren't going to get out with some fucking serious scars either, so... Yeah. Fucking holy shit. Horace but... swings his fire poker at the wall and makes a hole in it, and all the puppies run outside. And the, the, the dogs attack the murder, the puppy murderers in very comical ways. It's so silly. One's even set on fire, and the whole house falls on him, and... Oh. I do oh, like how dogs... the... Uh, using the Xerox line kind of plays into the crumbling look of Hell Hall. Mm. It really does a good job of, like, especially this, this is when the color for the backgrounds gets really abstracted, where, um, it's just more just, like, as abstract as the color used for the backgrounds of this, in this movie has been, with, you know, kind of, like, misregistered color and stuff like this. This is where it's just, like, it really just turns into just washes of red, with just, like, the suggestion of... The background line art just creating a suggestion of space and it kind of gets up abstract and extra hellish yeah but it really also creates evocative feel of bell house really being dilapidated and falling apart and during this fight but like yeah hold like it doesn't take much to punch a hole through the wall or tear down part of the ceiling in this place and it's kind of fucked up yeah. anyway but yeah they all anyway. get out of the house yeah yeah Got they, half a fucking they, hour left in this movie. Yeah, and nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, they Jesus stay through a nearby barn where everybody's super stoked to have gotten out of there. All fifteen pu all puppies, twice as many, ninety-nine of them. She's gonna make coats out of us. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah, there's so much <laughs> of that in this movie too. With the puppies, they being like, nobody. I can't believe a woman like her would not love us. So bubble. Yeah, like. Mm. They gotta get back to London. Pongo decides they'll take all of them, because Roger and Anita will love it. And the bad guys are following the easily, easy to follow 101 footprints. I thought that was actually kind of clever, because the whole movie takes place over the course of a year. The movie starts off in spring, jumps ahead like six months to October, mm -hmm. jumps ahead a little bit after that, so it's getting like, it's, it's like, yeah, like November, Snowy. so it's snowing. Yeah. And the fact that like, they they make it like the snow plays a, uh, such a big part in the plot that like even though Jasper and Horse are big fucking idiots, like mm -hmm. the dogs can't do anything to not leave tracks, and so like that yeah. is the one way Jasper and Horse can keep on tracking them, which kind of makes the dogs extra screwed. And I thought it was clever when they end up on the I don't know if this is in the original book or if this is part just uh, unique to the adaptation, but the fact that they end up I oh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but like yeah, I thought the the, the snow tracking thing being a thing that keeps the dogs constantly on their toes was actually pretty good plot mm -hmm. mechanically so uh the humans make their way inside the barn and the horse kicks them in the booty this is when the, 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 when the hey, before that happens with the puppy's nurse on the cows though right no that's a later different barn oh how okay 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 there's multiple barns bill jesus christ they're driving this one out. they missed an opportunity of the horse kicking these two guys in the heads and murdering them because horses can do that uh, is this the one where, like, the cat gets up on top of the horse and, like, try and treats it like yeah. a gun turret and, like, yo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the humans keep chasing the dogs as they take them over Frozen Creek to hide their track. And the Which, yeah, again, I thought that was clever, all yeah. whimsical for these dogs trying to escape murders and skinnings. Yeah. And the next I think morning... there's one puppy who's like, 
my 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 tail is frozen and my yeah, ears is that's, frozen. It's the most like that's coming up here. Yeah. Cloyingly like, if you didn't already know, you're gonna watching a goddamn Disney movie. It's the most like, oh my teethies hurt. I'm just in here like <laughs> mo, just in here going, oh, I'm gonna fucking kill you all. Oh, your teethy foot. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. So, the next morning the sun comes up, Cruella meets these idiots in the cars and says she'll find a lot of them if it takes till next Christmas. Dogs keep walking in the snow. In single file for some reason. I don't know, you think you'd bundle up to kind of stay warm? I don't know. Oh, yeah, they saw Star Luck Wars, they know the Tusken Raiders do the same, that's a good idea. Yeah, at the very back of the line, Lucky's like Oh, that's behind. what it He's is, yeah. He's tired and hungry and frozen and his oh. paws are frozen and his tail is frozen. But they can't keep up, so they keep walking. A new collie dog with swinty eyes comes over and is like, a shelter at the day barn across the road. So they all go inside, and sometimes they didn't even bother drawing two different dogs walking next to each other. It's just the exact same animation. And when I'm watching it now, pasted it literally... at the exact same time. And like some of the puppies are moving at the same, like they didn't even bother to offset some of the cycles yeah. of some of the dogs. So it's literally like, yeah, one tired dog repeated 12 times. Yeah. Mm hmm. So the cows are in there and they're like, wow, you're all famous. We was worried for you. And Molly's like, I'm hungry, mother. I really am. More than normal. I'm very hungry. Now all the kids are hungry. So they nurse on the cows. Pongo and Perdita get some scraps of food from the collie and they'll stand and watch as they get some rest. And, and you know, the fact through. that everyone's super tired in the scene actually makes them, would make some pretty good screenshots, especially like tired Pongo mm, talking to the yeah. like, the border collie because their both eyes are just like like they look like they're both just stoned as shit but like yeah. yeah so at least there's a little bit of a respite for the dogs here mm-hmm so uh still 15 more minutes and uh oh, i didn't remember the escape taking so long but i guess it did the, the movie the escape is like the last like third of the movie and mm -hmm. that's what i'm saying like I, everything after anita and fucking roger mm. dancing is downhill from this movie like as soon as like there's birth and well, i guess that happens after. but everything like it's weird that the, uh, the part with the when the plot actually kicks in with the kidnapping and stuff is actually after the they turn off canine crunchies it's all down yeah canine crunchies is kind of like that's it that's the like, yeah that's the only good part well anyway but it's the next morning the dogs yeah, get out of they, the barn they cross a road uh, with a car honking in the distance and you I, it's it's gonna be corella what is she doing she's just driving on roads honking her horn like an asshole <laughs> fuck uh pongo i feel bad for pongo because pongo is smart enough to realize that like anyone who drives by is going to be able to see the dog prince and so he takes a uh uh a, a stick and tries to use it to brush away well he does use it to brush away the uh, the dog marks successfully mm -hmm. but he doesn't he, he like the, the, still the dog marks on the other side of the road are still there yeah. and corella sees them and she's like oh the dogs the paw prints are headed towards the local town of dinsford and so the bad guys start racing to Dinsburg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the local village. Yep. There's a Labrador dog waiting for them, and he's got a ride holding for them. There's a truck getting its engine fixed right over there. And I guess someone's it's moving, because it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a van packed with stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But also, though, no, the baddies are there. How will they get past them? And uh, it's a good thing some of the puppies push the other puppies into the soot in their building, and now they're black. It's sure, if they see 101 Dalmatians, they'll be like, hey, there's our puppies. Little... But if they see 101 black Labradors, they're going to be like, can't be ours. I mean, at least the movie no, does lampshade a... that, like, a couple times. Like, there's one, <laughs> like, the fucking ha Horace and Jasper see them. 
And the guy says, I think those, it, the one who's supposed to be the stupid one, is mm -hmm. all like, hey, do you think those what puppies are in What if they disguise themselves? Yeah, and the tall guy's like, oh, I'm sure that. Yeah. Bops him on the head. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the puppies, oh, it takes a while, too, because they're doing this it in shifts. It takes a while. And so you get Go to see the same animation. Go ahead and hit that skip 10 second this, button. Yeah, they, you get to see the same sequence of the same dogs just going, like, getting snuck on. It, this goes on for a while. But they eventually, yeah. over the course of, like, an hour and a half. Uh, the whole runtime of the movie feels like it's them just slowly you know, getting these batches of puppies into the if, back of the van. If they use their barking message network to get a bunch of dogs in the area together and just attack these humans, they could they could get rid of them. Yeah, well, saying. that's kind of that's I'm that, just that's, saying that's kind of the dogs... power of numbers in general. I mean, we we we, we could we could destroy the the GOP they, right now if we all just ganged up on them, and beat them up. They, like, yeah, they could they could. Bite their throats out like that puppet did in Susperia. Get them all out of there. <laughs> I like the idea of any dog attack is just like the dog networking thing. Just everyone just gets fed up and just gangs up on <laughs> bad people. But yeah, uh, yeah. Self policing. So they toss the puppies in the back of the truck, and she screams at the idiots because the dogs were walking by her, and the dripple dropped on them, and they're, they're that disguises That is a nice little bit of suspense oh, no. because it's the last batch of puppies. Pongo goes yeah. back to get the last ones. And she's watching these puppies, and, like, even the puppies all, like, she's watching us, Dad. And he's, like, just keep on going. And it's, like, while, while, while Pearl is watching, I guess, well, it is kind of, it's, it's, it makes sense because the sun's coming up. Some of the snow and ice is melting from the night before. Uh, the music even does a good job of kind of, like, aping the, 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 the dripping of the water onto the dogs. And it's kind of funny because instead of, White dogs with black spots, they become black dogs with white spots. I thought that was kind of clever. Mm. Uh, and then they, the Cruella realizes, oh shit, these are the dogs, and the dogs pile into the back of the van. It's weird to have a chase scene where one, the person being chased has no idea that they're being chased. Yeah. But, like, Cruella starts chasing the moving van out of town. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she tries to murder this man by hitting, pushing his car off a cliff. Yeah, Cruella, he drives. What are you doing? Like drives up a mountain or something like that. So he's like, there's this huge cliff, and yeah, Corolla's just trying to knock the whole thing into the goddamn ravine. The guy, the the, the driver's just like, what the fuck is going on? Mm -hmm. Uh, the fucking. <laughs> I thought Corolla was gonna die because he just drives off the side of the road into like a bunch of rotoscope snowflakes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really weird because like this is obviously just like yeah, just the. Uh, just, just reference footage that's just been Xerox. She's able this... to get out of it really easy, Yeah, she though. does eventually get out up. of there. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, her car's it's... the devil car. There is a great, though, because when she flies out of the, um, the gully, though, she smashes through a tree that rips off, like, half of her car. And mm -hmm. so, her car's, like, half together. It's, like, belching flames out of the exhaust things. Although I'm watching it now, and actually her car just magically somehow managed to fix itself in the next shot. But oh, nice. Uh, but like it is great because now now she's extra just fucked up with her car exposed. Her like eyes are little, literally a flame, mm -hmm. and she's just extra just fucking losing her mind. It's pretty mm -hmm. great. Like just the just the chaos energy going on here is really great. Jasper and Horace somehow are on a different hill. <laughs> yeah, suddenly <laughs> they teleport. The... So they're like yeah at a ninety degree perpendicular angle to what. Corella's do doing, and they're so desperate to help that they just crash into Corella. All of them should be dead 12 oh, times over. 12 times over, yeah. But instead, like, they do show, like, both cars slamming into each other, exploding in midair, and mm -hmm. all the parts landing in the snow. 
again, with the guy driving the truck having no idea any of this is happening. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, the last thing you see is the truck driver just slowly driving off into the distance while Horace and Jasper... She screams, you idiots, and he says, ah, shut up. Oh, she does? Okay, so finally someone says that again, Cruella, but, like... Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Cruella's still not... It's not like she was put in the hospital or put in jail. What's keeping no. her from just suddenly... She seems to have a key to the house. She could just let herself in while they're having Christmas in the next scene, and, like... But especially because... She owns, she seems to be the legal owner of, like, two-thirds of those dogs. She could just show up and be like, I want my puppies. I can't, maybe I can't have your puppies, but I'll take my puppies back. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, at the human's house, Roger has his first big hit on the radio. And it's it's, uh, just a song about Corona DeVille. Just a straight-up song about (laughs) a real person in this world. Is there not libel laws in English? I don't know, (laughs) man. I mean, isn't like a weird Could you imagine if you turned on the radio and all of a sudden there's a song that's just like, Bill Mudrin sucks ass. Bill Mudrin <laughs> sucks ass. Imagine. You'd be like, what the heck, man? Is Cruel DeVille been such an awful person that literally every person in England has had a terrible personal encounter with Cruel <laughs> DeVille? So that yeah. everyone's like, yeah, fuck that Cruel DeVille. She shows up at my house too and starts yelling at me. That like, yeah, because this popular thing, but jeez. Right. Yeah. But oh they, they don't have their doggies, and the maid is all sad. It's Christmas time, and she sometimes she can almost hear the dogs barking, but it turns out they're never there. But this time oh, it is wah, them wah. barking. It's, they're just covered in soot. Oh, it's oh, a wonderful no. Christmas present. So many of them. How many of them? Well, what's the name of the movie, Roger? It takes her 20 minutes to do it, but yeah, huh? Is that the last line of the film? No. Wait. Oh, okay. No, no, it's not, because she, they're like, oh, we'll use all our song money so we can go have a Dalmatian plantation. Oh, where that's all the dogs what it is. can make more dogs. And, we'll do, and, we'll do, and uh, don't worry, we get the hilarious line from Rolly. I'm hungry, mother. And then a Dalmatian plantation home, and then it, it ends. Then Cruella got away with it all. Hooray? As much as I like the, uh, the Canine Crunchy song, I think Dalmatian Plantation may be the lamest thing we've heard from this movie yet. Because it is just no wonder Roger gets destroyed by the Beatles in less than a year. Because it's like, also Dalmatian Plantation? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not like, what? That doesn't seem like, I mean, you should well, never t- be writing a song about fair. a plantation in general. <laughs> How- but like... How many words ride with Dalmatian that they can write a maybe song about? Maybe don't write a song about Dalmatians. It's funny to think that, like, maybe everyone's hatred of universal, uh, for Cruella de Vil is so universal that it immediately becomes a number one hit. But, like, how many people are going to be like, oh, yeah, I would love a plantation Dalmatian. Because I love Dalmatians so much. It's just fucking whatever. It's just, yeah. I know they're just setting up the idea that, like, okay, like, they just, I guess they retire with their Cruella de Vil money. Uh, hatred song money out to the out to the farms but like it's just yeah Roger you suck at your job and I'm kind of <laughs> surprised that like such a lame song is in a Disney movie too but that's the yeah. end like they start singing the Dalmatian Plantation song and the camera pans out zooms out and then just you get to see it I guess everyone in town is being woken up by the dogs barking and singing Yeah. and that's the that's the movie that's the movie. 101 Dalmatians. Dalmatian plantation. Fuck. Yeah. No. No one likes what? Dalmatians enough to, like, live on a God. Anyway, yeah. 
Yeah. Could yeah. the Dalmatian situation? Dalmatian humiliation? <laughs> I don't know anything. But yeah, write a song that's not about Dalmatians. Jesus Christ. Don't write a song about your pets. Has anyone ever <laughs> written a hit song about their fucking pet? No. I don't There's know. There's a reason, because no one gives a shit about your fucking pets. Unless it's a cute cat video on the internet. Fuck off with your pets. I love mm. my pets, but I'm not writing a song about how great they are. But yeah. Uh, yeah. That's under one Dalmatians. Yep. I love the look of it. I thought the plot was stupid. Mm. Yeah. You seem Could've to be ambivalent all general. Yeah. I heard that, and the dog animation is gorgeous. Oh yeah, no, the animation, I like, I love the characters, but like, man, it's a slog. And like, again, it's the fucking stereotypical cute Disney fluffy animal bullshit. It's just like, mm. Boy, we mm -hmm. sound like real Disney fans, don't we? Heck yeah. <laughs> Enough to dedicate, like, two years of our lives talking about the entire Disney canon. We're just like, the fucking Disney goddamn garbage. <laughs> talking animal bullshit. Yeah. Whew, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Man, my penis. Uh, I read some dear trivia on IMDb that says someone counted all the black spots in the movie frame by frame and reached a total of 6,469,952. What is that Does person's that life sense? like? That sounds like some that sounds like some kind of PR thing that they made up. Like that person just took it as canon to sit here. This breaks down to 72 spots on Pongo, 68 on Perdita, and 32 on each pup. God. They did the math! Great. Yeah. Oh, so each puppy has the same number of spots. I guess, maybe, or that's just the average. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. That's weird. I mean, that does suggest that someone sat down. Because the only other way, unless that's just PR bullshit that someone, uh, is just Probably. regurgitating, then someone actually sat Because they're, if they're talking about they went frame through for... Somebody out there would have gone frame by frame. Yeah. And counted them. It would have took them two years, but, like, I would... Uh, there would be some kind of, like, insane anal retentive Disney fan who would have done that, but, you know. What else? That's it. I... That's it? That's, that's, that's it. it. I did Not see something about how... Around. They were... I guess they were talking about maybe... They were like thinking about doing a sequel. Another movie with Cruella Deville would be the villain, mm -hmm. uh, and also something about how the original idea for the rescuer. Uh, so, okay, so I guess there were a couple different ideas. They uh, they were hoping to do another movie about Cruella because they loved doing Cruella so much. There was a separate idea about making a 101 Dalmatian spinoff about the Howling Network, whatever the dog communication network is. With the mm -hmm. idea, like, you could tell a whole bunch of stories about how that uh, that, that network of dogs helped helped each other. And then something about how Cruella DeVille was going to be the originally, she was going to be the villain of the Rescuers. Um, that makes sense. And I kind of wonder if, I don't know if, we'll, I mean, well, I get to it if we talk about the Rescuers, but I wonder, unless the Rescuers is based on something else, I almost wonder, just with that knowledge, I wonder if the Rescuers had started off as... 101 Dalmatians sequel, because isn't the whole point of the Rescuers is that Bob Newhart and Jaja Gabor as mice who are like professional yes. helpers? I mean, that's why they're called the Rescuers. Yeah. And like there was an anecdote about how, yeah, if Cruella DeVille was supposed to be the villain of that, that makes sense if that would have been another story about like an animal helping network. And there was also something about how, I guess, um... 
was it? Milt Call. He was the one who he animated uh, Anita and uh, Roger in 101 Dalmatians, and I guess he was kind of jealous about how much accolades Mark Davis had gotten for designing and animating uh, Maleficent and Cruella de Vil, and so I guess when they realized that they didn't have the rights to Cruella de Vil as a character, they had to come up with a new character for the mm. rescuers. They came up with Madame Medusa. She uh, is gross. I guess Milk Call, he was like, oh, I want to I want to do that villain guy. I want to try to outdo Mark Davis. And so he tried to, like, out Cruella de Vil with, um, yeah, Madame Medusa, who you kind of see how there was kind of like a riff on, uh, on Cruella de Vil. I guess there was a little thing where he showed, like, his first animation of Madame de Medusa to Mark Davis, and Mark Davis was like, Nice try, but you fucked. It's still not as good as my work. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> and I guess that's another big, um, big point of note with uh, 101 Dalmatians, too. I guess this is the last uh, Disney animated project that Mark Davis had worked on, which is kind of a shame because, like I said, he was by far what one did, of Disney's best animators and character designers. What did he do after it? He, he, he worked full time with Imagineering. Oh. It's not like he didn't leave the company. He just, after this, he's pretty much spent the rest of his Disney career uh, doing designs for the Haunted House and uh, the Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean. Hmm. Which kind of makes sense because those both came out like, you know, like with like five years after this. But yeah, he just started doing the Disney park design stuff. And especially, yep, yeah, with uh, Pirates of the that Caribbean. That explains and... the uh, the redheaded lady in the Pirates ride. Oh, why? Does she the look red like a outfit Davis lady. Oh, she yeah. Does, yeah. So she's the one they had to get rid of recently because well, she was the auction bride or whatever. Yeah, I think now she's a. Um... I think she's like a pirate queen. They did a flip where they kept the yeah. character, but now she's like, yeah. Um, But yeah, so that's another. Yeah, well. well, well changing of the guard at the Disney thing. Yeah, Mark Davis. Yeah, so that's under one Dalmatian. It's okay. Yeah, it's alright. Yeah. I liked it more than I thought. I thought. Like I said, just even that first half of the movie, I think that might be... I, I kind of like that more than I've liked a lot of the other Disney films I've talked about. And I love the look of it. Even though I could see... But, like, yeah, the story-wise... Yeah. <laughs> ain't much to talk about. Um, Yeah, what do you think of Cruella as a villain? How do you think she stacks up to... She's an asshole. She's an asshole. That's all she is, is she's an asshole. There's not a deeper thing to her character or anything. Yeah. She just well, she's... really wants to kill puppies and I mean, loves her. She doesn't her. have magic powers or anything like that, so yeah. her real villainy is just that she's an asshole. It's not like she has any grand plans to fuck up the universe or anything like that. No. But yeah, it's 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 kind of interesting to see the Cruella and Maleficent movies back-to-back, though, because I know those, those two ladies are generally held up as being two of the most uh, famous Disney I mean, she evil. She evil as hell. She is evil, and man, we're kind of running out. Like this is again, we're kind of getting the the end of the golden age of Disney stuff because, God, I think it's just. Is it Sword of the Stone next? Because, like you said, you're totally in charge of the Disney through the decade so. stuff. And I, I think, think it's Sword and the Stone, and then Mary Poppins. And those are the last two things we're going to do while Disney's still alive. And that's oh, that. wait. And then after that, it's nothing but like. The Apple Dumpling Gang and yeah. <laughs> that kind of shit. So, and even then, like Disney was famously checked out of all. I mean, he had barely had anything to do with Underworld Dalmatians, and he didn't have anything to do with us or the Stone. So, yeah, Sleeping Beauty was the last thing he was still kind of paying attention. It was also funny too, cause like, wait, yeah, I, Jungle yeah. Book came out after he was alive, but he would have been. But he, he he did have some input on it. Yeah, in fact, actually, I think 
uh, Jungle Book made a lot of money because it was promoted as being the last animated film that Disney actually had any input into. Which is not to say a lot, but yeah. it was the last one he was still around to, like, <laughs> shape in anyway. But, yeah, and I guess we didn't actually specifically talk about this at the start of the podcast, but the whole reason that's, yeah, the 101 Dalmatians had to be made on the cheap. We did touch upon the fact that, like, Super Beauty was so expensive. But it was also funny, too, because I guess Walt Disney himself was under pressure to prove that he can continue to make uh, animated features that could still make money because despite the fact that, like, he'd been, had been making, uh, like, documentaries and live-action movies and doing the park stuff for less than a decade before uh, 101 Dalmatians came out, all of those other things were so much more popular and making so much more money than the animated features that there was a lot of pressure from within the company directed towards Walt to stop making animated features. Yeah. Which is funny because he had to work so hard to convince like his brother to like give him the money to like start work on, on Disneyland and to start like making animated features or start making live action features. It's funny that within a decade things flopped where everyone was telling him to stop making cartoons. He should... Focus yeah, exclusive. focus on Third Man on the Mountain. That was great. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. So it's funny that, like, yeah, less than a decade later, it's flip-flopped where he's like, no, we gotta keep on, we, like, we don't, like, we gotta keep, like, our whole thing is animation. Even if I'm, he, like, yes, even Disney himself was like, I know I'm not, I haven't been keeping the closest tabs on the animation feature department, but, like, it's our legacy. That's the thing we do. We have to keep on making these movies one way or the other. There's, there's, what's the point of the company being here? Yeah. And so that was the whole point of uh, 101 Dalmatians being made so quickly and so cheaply was just to prove that they could make money. And I guess this was the first animated feature that Disney ever made that, that grossed more than $10 million at the box office and was a huge hit and actually did put the features department back in the back in the black, which is good to hear. And it sounds like actually <laughs> Mary Poppins was made largely using the funds that that, that they made from... Uh, 101 Dalmatians, so. But, yeah, so. I'm glad to see that worked out. This could have been the last animated feature if it had bombed. But, mm. yeah. Although, considering Disney died pretty soon after this, they may, they could have may as well have just given up, but, yeah. Well, I'm glad they hung around, because I know Sword in the Stone is your favorite of the features, right? It's not my favorite, but I really like it. Yeah, so, I don't know if that's going to be what we're talking about next, but I know it's coming up pretty soon. But I think so. Yeah. That's the um, next one up. But the next yeah. time. Back the next time. What's the next Avatar time? Avatar to the party. We're going back to our Avatar to the party. Uh, like I said, people who don't listen to Avatar to the party, welcome to come on in. We're only uh, up to the like the third episode, so we haven't gotten that far. I know there's a lot of shit to watch these days. I was just talking to somebody on Twitter about how there's just so much with streaming shit. There's so goddamn much stuff to watch. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I was just listening to the to the latest episode of the fire of uh, what's the the firescape podcast mm-hmm. with dan reichert mike mahardy and uh mary kish and they were like they they had a similar thing where two two of the, the 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 hosts on that show were talking about how one is trying to watch avatar and it's the uh, avatar is the favorite show of another one of the hosts and then one of the people is all like oh, i watched the first episode it was episode was garbage and she's like get watch it and get better but I, Avatar is definitely worth making room for in your TV entertainment schedule. But I could totally see. I have to start off slow. But 
that's neither here nor there because next week, yeah, it's our third episode of Avatar You to the Party. <laughs> in which, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was yawning. It's fine. Oh, okay. I was agreeing <laughs> I with heard, you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I said, uh huh. I just also just caught myself yawning. talking for 10 minutes straight. You're but... fine. Oh, God, let's see. We st So, we've done the first eight episodes of Avatar last week. Like I said, we're, we're doing four episodes per week. So, next week's episode of Avatar to the Party will be episode three, which will encompass episodes nine through 12, which are the Waterbending Scroll, Jet, the Great Divide, and the Storm. Which, that's kind of nice because the storm ends up... You get some background on some of the... It's, it's a good, it's a good little chunk of episodes right there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we'll be talking about that stuff next week. It's all available if you're in the United States. It's all Netflix. And that's what we're watching it on, too. So, yeah. And yeah, that's so. 101 Dalmatian. Yeah, and he's Madrid on Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Tidy Podcast on Twitter. Tidy Podcast on Twitter. Tidy Podcast on Twitter. Tidy Share, whatever. We appreciate you listening. Yeah. Dogs. Um, feel free to hit us up with feedback and stuff on, mm -hmm. on what's it? Tardy Podcast is our Twitter? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Handle, which was, just, uh, p people have been leaving more feedback about stuff recently. Although it's mostly been Avatar stuff. Uh, yeah. Phil Theobald just said he was catching up on the Sleeping Beauty episode. He wanted to chime in, and he suggests with almost 100% certainty that the reason Disney markets Aurora in her pink dress instead of blue is because Cinderella's dress is blue, yeah. uh, and that looked too similar on shelves, which is a really good point. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, oh, you pointed out that they should just market Aurora in her forest outfit, because that's better looking anyway, and I absolutely agree. Yeah. And, yeah, that's it so far in terms of Disney stuff. Yeah. Um, although Catherine F. King did send us also a funny drawing, too. She was laughing at the fact that, like, Maleficent kills Sleeping Beauty so dead she turns into a background painting, so, so she did the little <laughs> Emperor's New Groove thing with Kronk and, uh, what's-her-face? I thought that was very cute. Oh, okay. I, I thought that Aurora got so killed, she got killed so hard she got turned into a background painting. <laughs> 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 I don't know why they made that creative choice, but I don't yeah, know. God. Talk about being the deadest possible version of an animated character. <laughs> Yeah. God. Anyway, so. Anyway. That's uh, it. Yep, that's it. Um, yeah. Bark, bark, woof, woof, I guess. <laughs> Canine country is good to eat. Nah, nah, nah. Go pet your dogs and cats today. Yeah. There you go. All right. Oh, yeah, you have dogs. I don't have dogs. I have cats, but you have dogs. Yeah. Right. Okay. All Take right. care. Lock Adios. your doors. Make sure Corolla doesn't find herself in. Yeah. Like, ah! You're rude. You, you're schoolmate. Again, what kind of? That's the prequel <laughs> I want to see. Is oh Jesus Christ! I want to see a little girl like 12 years old, like bone skinny and a giant fur, going smoking. Going, ah, da, 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 da. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Okay. Ah. Take care, guys. Adios. Get that cat out of the way! <laughs> <laughs>